everybody. Welcome to It's Real with Jordan and Demi. I'm Jordan. Demi is gone for the day. My guest today is Charlotte Sands. She's a singer-songwriter who really goes around to different genres. Some of her stuff is rock-oriented. Some of her stuff is more pop-oriented. But we had a really good conversation about uh, her new music and all the co collaborations she's done and her love of playing live shows. All right, so let's start. Like, let's start with the newest thing, your your latest single. All right, um, I noticed it. It's kind of. A, I was listening to it this morning, and a little, little tear in the corner of my eye. <laughs> uh, it's a little bit of. It's an emotional song. You know, it's it's kind of a. a it's a ballad. Um, a little bit of a departure from recent music. So, uh, tell me about making this this track. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it definitely feels stylistically a little different than things I've done in the past. And I think that's mainly because I wrote it like so long ago. I wrote it like three years ago. Um, and so the original demo is actually pretty similar to the version we released. Um, and because that's kind of closer to what I was making at that time and that kind of music. And um, we considered just completely reproducing it and um, changing a lot. And then I just there was just like this certain vulnerability that was just like in it because it was like the original version that I really ended up not wanting to change a lot of the production. And um, so we ended up just keeping a lot of the original production and um, which made it feel very different than a lot of the stuff that I, that's like newer for me. And I know you, you've, you kind of go back and forth. I feel like you in general have more of a rock sound, but you also go into sort of, you know, some, pop stuff and everything like that. Do you even, do you even think about genre at all? No, I, I honestly, like, I think it's always like in the back of my head just because like, that's kind of what's been like forced um, upon us. But I personally believe that like the artist is the genre. And I think especially now, like people want to find artists that they, they believe in as like people and as human beings and that they can support and they support their values and their character and that is all part of the music to people, I believe, at this point. Like, it's not just, like, you like the song and you don't um, care about, like, the artist. And I, I think that that's the most important thing for me is that I really hope to get to a place where whatever I put out and whatever style of music I put out, um, people will support it because it's mine and because it's something that I created and they want to support me or they support, like, the project and what I stand for and not just the genre, personally. Um, but... Yeah, so I, I try not to think about it. I don't want to like box myself in too much because I also am in, I'm inspired by so many different types of music and I grew up on so many different types of music. And um, so I think there's influences from that all the time and I just want to be able to experiment with that as much as possible. And you definitely get your chance to, you know, stretch your rock muscles. You've done these collaborations with these huge rock bands. Um, I'm specifically uh, curious about the track you did with The Main and Taking Back Sunday, Love You Little, because you're doing a track with literally two bands with a combined nine members or something yeah. like logistically, how did that work? Um, well, so all of that was taking place kind of still while COVID was going on. And um, so I recorded, it was actually really, I, w I played um, sad summer fest with the main and that's when I originally met them. And then um, I, I just, I've been a fan of them my entire life since middle school. I've just like been obsessed with everything they've created and, 
Um, I remember them reaching out to my management and just being like, hey, would Charlotte want to feature on a song that we're doing? And I didn't even listen to the song. I was like, absolutely, yes. Um, no questions asked. Just put me on it. I don't care if it's a cover of Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. I will do it um, because I love them so much. And then I remember listening to the song and being like, this sounds kind of like a Taking Back Sunday song. I was like, this has elements of like Taking Back Sunday and of Adam Lazara. And I was like, this sounds really cool. But at the time, didn't realize it was a, another feature with anybody else. And so I remember the meeting that we had, we had like a phone call to discuss like what parts they wanted me to do and like how they wanted me to record my vocals. And um, they, it wasn't until the very end that they were like, oh yeah, and then by the and then Adam will just do that part. And I was like, Adam. I was like, I'm a huge fan of this band. I think I would know if there was a guy named Adam in this band. And then I got off the phone call and I immediately called um, my like main producer and, and friend, Dana and Reed. And I was like, do they mean Adam Lazara? Like from Taking Back Sunday? I was like, there's no way. And um, yeah, so like I genuinely didn't even know he was on it at the time. And so I was, I was so excited. And then um, I ended up doing a Zoom call with um, John and Pat from the main. And that is how we recorded the vocals for my part. And I was very intimidated because um, they're legends and they just watched me sing and record these vocals and then would be like, you should try that an octave higher. And I was like, I don't think I can sing that high. And they'd be like, yeah, you should just try it. And, and I was like, this is so hard. But it was like, it was such a cool experience for, to be able to kind of be like coached by them a little bit and just like yeah. out of my element that I probably, if I was alone recording those vocals, I probably would have like played it safe a little bit. And right. they just like did not stand for it. They were like, like make it more rock and roll, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so then yeah, that's how it happened. And then, um, yeah, it's been wonderful ever since. And I've gotten to play it live with them so many times. I just randomly got off tour and I was in London for one extra day and they happened to be in London like the day we got back performing. And so I got to jump up on stage and do it with them. It's been really, really fun just to be able to do it all over the world and just be buddies with them. It's been amazing. I also think it would be cool to jump on stage and sing a song with a band that you know is badass behind you. That like, it's almost like, the most intense version of karaoke ever invented. Oh like, yeah. No, 100%. it's it's so fun because also like I am like a solo artist. And so it's like, I have an incredible band that plays with me, which is so fun, but it's also, it also is so fun to get to play like and perform with a band. That's like, they've been a band for so long and I just get to be like the little sister that gets like brought in and yeah. Um, yeah, it's yeah. So fun. And I, they've really, really like taken me in and like have become really good friends of mine. And I'm, I, can't believe a year ago I wouldn't have been able to even fathom that. So I'm very grateful. Yeah. You kind of, I feel like you get that song and got the song with sleeping with sirens. Yeah. And it feels like you kind of get to play warp tour whenever you want to. It's just like, that's well, genuinely I did. Um, I went to when we were young festival and I went both weekends and it was so funny because I didn't even have a slot at the festival, but I performed like three times a day <laughs> because nice. I had a feature with so many nice. different bands and, um, so it was, it's kind of like the dream. It's like the easy gig. I just get to like show up and do like one song and right. my friends and then get off stage and to the point where people are just in the audience, like, how is she up here again? Like, yeah, who, who, like, who, who does she think she is? Like, yeah. <laughs> that's my marketing strategy right now is just to just saturation, just like show up everywhere. Yeah. All yeah. the time. No one can get rid of me. You'll never be able to forget. Yeah. Me. Like Paul Rudd, like Paul yeah. Rudd is everywhere. You just like saturate. 100%. Yep. Yeah. I'm the pop. I'm the Paul Rudd of like the Paul, Paul Rudd, Rudd of. Yeah. Um, but you know, 
speaking of the sleep, the sleep with sirens track, was that one made a little bit more in person? Because when you talk about singing high, when you think, think about singing high, sleeping the sirens, Kellen, yeah. you know, it's higher so. than high. Um, so that is actually such a funny story because I was doing a podcast and um, I think it was like all punked up for, I'm pretty sure. And um, I was doing this podcast with them and on the podcast, I said, like, I really want to work with Kellen Quinn. I love Kellen Quinn. Yeah. Um, all the stuff. And he um, ended up tweeting out the a video of the podcast and then Kellen responded and was like, I have the perfect song. And I was like, it was like all within 30 minutes of doing it. And it was just like so funny because on the podcast, I was like, wouldn't it be so funny if you saw this? And like, we ended up doing this song together. Like, there's no way. Um, and I was talking about manifestation and how I like always put everything out in the universe and just really vocalize everything I want. Um, and it always works for me. And then literally 30 minutes later, <laughs> that happened. And I remember texting the host of the podcast and I, like the next day being like recording vocals today for the song with Kellen. Um, and so that all happened that way. And he, they were about to release the album and it was pretty last minute before they released it. And so I just really quickly like went into the studio and did vocals like the next day. And it was okay. actually, oh, they, no, this is the, actually what I just realized. We, I went into the vocals the next day. We didn't have time to like actually record all the vocals because I was about to leave for tour the day after that to go on tour. I'm pretty sure with the main. And, um, we ended up recording the vocals at like the first show. It was like the House of Blues Boston in the green room, um, which is where I'm from. So very How weird. Get, uh, soundproof enough room in a green, because I've been in oh. green rooms before shows <laughs> yes. and it's not a quiet place. No. And also since we were the openers, everyone was sound checking. Um, and so we would literally, I'm not, I wish we had video of this because it was so funny, but we would basically like, we would hear them checking the kick drum. And then they would stop and Danon would click record and we would really quickly get a take and we would in, stop in and pause. Wow. Yep. Yeah. And we would pause and then they would like start checking something else. And then we knew we had like a 15 minute turnover until the next band. And then we'd do it. And then it would be like our sound check. So we'd go sound check and then we'd come back and check logos. Um, it, so it was just like so chaotic, but genuinely like everything was at that time, like everything. And still to this day, everything that we do is like I so go crazy. I want to go listen to that track again, knowing how the vocals are recorded. <laughs> and it's like I, the highest I've ever sang in my life. And I was like screaming in the Well, when room. you have, uh, and when you're involved with Kelvin Quinn, it just makes you reach for that extra mile. You know? That was the most challenging thing in the world is I'm like, wait, you're doing the part that I would normally do in right. the song. So what do I do? I'm not going to sing, but I will never let you down. <laughs> you know, like I had to yeah. like, be like, what am I going to do? Right. But it's so fun. Yeah, I, I will share a short story. We did have Kellen Quinn and Garzi on the podcast together about a year ago because they did a song together. Yeah, My uh, co-host, Demi, who usually does this show, who couldn't make it today, um, connect with Garzi, and they just released a single together like a month or two ago. So with the, almost the same exact situation. So, so you never know where the connection comes from. Yeah, I love Garzi. And yeah, and I, I was lucky enough to see him open for Kellen in LA, I believe. Um, I went out there and saw them and it was so fun and he's so sick. Um, yeah, Kellen's just amazing. He's just like one of those people, he wakes up in the morning and he just like hits the highest note in yeah, possible. Just, I just, just don't. Freakish. Yeah. He's so, and he's also so sweet and such a good person. And it's right, really right, fun. right. Um, I, I, I'm curious, you, you, First of all, I hate saying I'm curious. I don't know why podcast hosts feel have that have that urge to say I'm curious. I'm Tell curious me about. <laughs> Tell me more. Where did that come from? No. Um, you 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 mentioned that 
you do like sort of you female singer songwriters inspire you a lot. You yeah. in your uh, press materials, you mentioned Bonnie Raitt and Cheryl Crow mm-hmm. specifically, and I've seen that on three or four different interviews you have around the internet. With, you yeah. drop Cheryl Crow and Bonnie Raitt, and I wonder is that, that just because people have picked that up and repeated it, or yeah. are those specific people? mean something extra to you no i mean i i grew up like specifically like bonnie Raitt was like the first artist that i just tried to copy all of her music <laughs> um i was like 14 years old and would just like learn the chords to her songs and then write my own lyrics like over her melodies like it was very illegal <laughs> like not how we should make music but um that was kind of like a big and how old were you like 10 or something yeah, I was like, I was like a child. Um, okay, okay, you were like so, seventeen, putting a stuff no, on no, cloud no. or something. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, was yeah. twenty-five years old. Like, yeah, copying by this is yeah, body song. No. You heard it here first. Um, yeah. But no, I would like learn the chords to her songs on like YouTube tutorials, and then I would basically write my own lyrics to her melodies of like these famous songs, and that's how I learned. And then I would like change them and be like, what if the melody went like this, or what if it? And that's kind of how I started songwriting. Was like messing with like songs that are already exist that were automatically already incredible and legendary songs. Yeah. So I was like, I can't go wrong. Um, well, I'm but, glad you didn't go the weird owl route and start doing parodies <laughs> of, um, yeah. Of, like, I can't make you love me like these incredible songs and I just ruined yeah. them. Um, but yeah. And then Cheryl Crow was huge for me because she was like an introduction to like this, like kind of more rock, but like still songwriter, like folky thing, but her voice was just like incredible and, her story is just so inspiring. And um, I love Michelle Branch and um, yeah, there's just like so many, these so many incredible people and Grace Potter. And I remember like, because it's specifically those groups of people because so much of their dust, their work and their music was made in Nashville. And that's kind of was how, why I moved to Nashville after high school. And that's was like my intro to Nashville. So I think that's why it's such a big influence on me. Cause they didn't just influence like, my writing, they influenced like the choice that led me to like where I am today. <laughs> There's a vibe to the people in the music industry in Nashville. It's different than LA or New York. There's almost yeah. sort of like, I feel like there's ingrained in Nashville people an appreciation for older music that yes. you don't get everywhere in LA. I, I feel like I do this series. Um, maybe sometime we'll meet in person. I do this series called five tracks that inspired me for pop dust where artists talk about their five tracks inspired them, you know, just from random, you know, and I feel like a lot of the people who are from LA end up choosing songs that are more recent. Yeah. Whereas people who are from different parts of the country, you know, they dip back a little bit further. Yeah. That's so interesting. I, I think that's like, I think it's super accurate. I mean, the songwriters here, I think there's just so much history and of just like songwriting here that it's like, there is this like respect for like the song and the people who were here. It's like the town of like the 10 year town of like you and, and you have to put in this work and there's just so much respect to the people who have. And like, I don't know. I really, there's yeah, I just love it so much. There is like this passion and this feeling of like people have been here for so long doing this here. And like these legendary people that, um, we're able to do this for so, so long and do this in such a huge scale and we get to do it as well. It's like this gratefulness and it's like a lot of people feel that way and have that. And it's just like really, it's really cool to be around. But it's become such a hot place now and it's become really corporatized and, uh, yeah. you know, uh, Broadway is like, you know, just like one big tourist bar after another. Yeah. Um, 
how wait, how how long you are you are you still based there? Yeah, I'm I'm in Nashville right. You're now. in Nashville now. How long have you been there? Like seven years. Seven years. How what have you seen change in those seven years? Oof, everything. Um, I mean, I I would say like there the amount of like actual like the scenery has changed tremendously. I mean, when I moved here, I think there were like four big buildings in Nashville and now it's like a major city skyline. It's insane. Um, and obviously now there's like actual restaurants and like there's like bars and like these bars that I used to go to when I, they were like dive bars are now like these cool hot spots. And I'm just like, what is this? But, yeah. I, but I still go because I love it. Um, and I'm, and honestly, I'm a huge fan of like the new Nashville as well as the old Nashville. I think that like, the, the cool thing is that um, the industry has changed and evolved so much. There's so much more room for different types of artists and genres. And I mean, we have like a really cool like R&B scene. We have a country scene. We have a rock scene. We have like a really cool pop scene. And um, so it is kind of like everything. And like the one tie that I feel like really ties it together is like the quality of song is just like so high and the standards for songs are so high that like people put so much intention behind like the lyricism and the storytelling. And I, I just love it. And it, it feels like a small town and you, there's just like this really, this energy constantly of people supporting other people. And just like, it's never like, Oh, like I'm a photographer, you're a photographer. Like, Oh, cool. It's like, Oh, sick. Like we should work on something together. Like, have you met this person? They would love your stuff. Like it's getting there. Everybody like gets each other work and like, it just feels like a community and it feels really inclusive. And I, and I love that feeling. And that's honestly why I've stayed here. Yeah. That, you know, I do that all the time. I, I go up to other photographers. I'm like, you're a photographer. I'm a photographer. Yeah. <laughs> you do that. I do that. Yeah. Um, I sing, you sing. Hey, yeah. how about that? Um, I noticed the the credit. I always look at the credit um, when it comes to tracks, you know, what re, re, when it's being released under the record label, whatever. I noticed yours says CS records. Um, so Obviously, that means that's you. I'm assuming that doesn't mean C.S. Lewis or something. Um, <laughs> I wish. Um, yeah, that's so, me. So is that an actual record label? How does that work? Or, you know, I guess it's you independent, but can you tell me how you have your your whole distribution set up going on? Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's it's just C.S. Like, that was just what we had to decide in, like, 30 minutes what we are going to call it. And I was like, oh, I don't know. And I think my manager was like, does this work? And I was like, yeah, records sounds cool. Let's do records. <laughs> But, yeah, it, um, it sounds like a legit thing. It sounds like a record company from the fifties. Yeah, honestly, something. I was I was on the phone um, this morning with uh, my friend, and I was I was really excited because I just did um, today like Good Day New York, and like I was watching as they were premiering my song, and it showed a music video, and at the top it was like CS Records, and I was like, that's so cool. It looks because, legit. Like, You're like hell yeah. yeah. And it's just I, I, it's honestly like what probably what I'm most proud of um, overall is being able to like be an independent artist and be a competitor like in this genre and the scene um it's really cool it's really hard and i have an amazing team that makes it possible and it's just like a really small team that is so good and so efficient and so intentional and i'm just really grateful to get to work with the people i work with um but i basically i've i've never signed i've never been with a record label um and I have nothing really against record labels other than the sense of I just haven't I'm really specific about the people I work with because it's not just my time that gets affected by it. It's my team's time. And it's like if the people aren't the right people, it affects everybody, which if then affects me, which affects the the creative 
part of the process and I don't want that to be affected. I want everyone to be happy and like enjoy the project and enjoy their jobs. And um, that's really important. And I think we, until we find the team or are in the position where I feel like it's like a necessity to join um, with another label or partner with somebody, then we will, we might do that. But right now it's just, I have so much freedom to be able to release whenever I want. I can make whatever videos I want. I can um, make whatever artwork I want. I can genuinely, every decision comes down to what I want and how I, and I ask my team their opinions and then we make a decision as a family and as a group. And it's not just like all this red tape of like, and politics of who, oh, this other artist on our roster is releasing music right now. So we should push this back. It's like, you know what? Wednesday the 15th sounds sick. <laughs> you know, I'm like, that's great. Let's do it. Um, and so I have, I am with um, Vidya for distribution right now and they're incredible. Um, and I've really enjoyed working with them. But I think the main thing is I've always just been really big about having control over my art and uh, over my work and um, having ownership over it and not giving that away just because I need other things because I'm the kind of person I will find a way to do it. I will find a way to make it happen. And I don't want to have to sacrifice um, my ownership and my creativity to do that. And I'm very stubborn. So until, until there's no other option, I'm going to keep fighting for that. Um, but yeah, I'm really enjoying it. And here's a scenario that happens that I've seen play out multiple times is that an artist signs with a record label, um, often based off of a TikTok success, they can't replicate the success at the record label. The record label drops them and now they're independent again with the wound of having been dropped from record label. Yeah. So if you're never with a record label, there's no risk of that happening. And you just kind of, you're just, you're good to go, you know? Yeah. And I, I think that like, I, and honestly, like I completely respect artists who sign with labels. Like I, I completely understand doing that. I mean, it's a really, it's a really hard either way. I mean, either way you're an artist, like what is expected of an artist on a normal day right now, especially on the content social media side is insane. Um, it is you like, better get on that song of the summer. Cause it's February. If you're going to write the song of the summer, Charlotte, you got to do it now. Yeah. The song of the summer guys, mm -hmm. I got the song of the summer. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, yeah, it's, it's genuinely like, it's so much work. It's so much time. And it's all these jobs that you didn't really sign up for when you became like, when, when I started making music and I was like 14 and was like, I want to be the biggest artist in the world. This is a very different type of, um, industry and different type of working and different work that I'm doing than I thought I was going to have to be doing. Um, it's not like tour every day, all day for the entire year, for the rest of your life and like go out and have fun and do it. You it's love like being on the road. Are you a road warrior? Oh my God. I could live on the road. I love it. I, I could live in a hotel. Like I just love being, I love going and just like traveling and always, I love airports. I don't <laughs> worse. It sounds awful. I love the airport thing, but I got into hotel doing doing hotels in different cities is dope, you know, and like yeah. going inside and like, oh, look at this soap. Even the yeah. soap is sometimes can be thrilling, you know. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, I the thing about airports to me, and this is like my theory, but like I like airports feel like they don't exist in like space and time. Like for me, I get there and. I feel like I'm not reachable. Like nobody can ask me for anything because I'm flying out. And it's like, no, I'm, I'm traveling. And it's not just like you're in the car and you can, or you're on the right. tour bus or you're doing anything. It's like, 
when I'm on an airplane, I don't even buy the Wi-Fi because I just don't want to exist for like however long that flight is. And it really feels like the only time that my brain allows me to be like unattainable. Like I can, nobody can grab or get anything they need or, um, cause I'm the kind of person, if somebody reaches out, I will do it. I will get it done. And so it's the only time that I'm like, no. <laughs> and that's why I love airports. It's like my spa. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting take on it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, 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 I fans compares offline Netflix is the way to go. As far as I'm concerned, when you're flying, you where offline Netflix, like download the Netflix yes, shows. Like ahead I of time. Mm-hmm. That's I can catch up it. on everything. I love so let's talk, it. talk about speaking of the road. What do you have got planned for tour festivals? Cause we got festival season right around the corner here. Yeah. I'm so excited. I'm doing hangout fest for the first time ever. And I'm so excited about that. I'm doing shaky knees. Um, I'm, doing a lot of festivals in the UK and in Europe, which I'm so excited about because I just did a UK Europe tour and had the best time. And so I'm so excited to be going back out there. And then um, a few other things that I am looking forward to um, and we're waiting to see what's going to happen and kind of multiple options that we have, but I will definitely be on the road and I will definitely be touring um, a lot this year, which is like my favorite thing in the whole world. So as we were just talking about. And so- you know that- that if you go to see a, you know, uh, a punk band or a rock band, a, a Y2K era band, Charlotte Sands might be there by chance performing with them. Honestly, so it's like know. a risk. You buy a ticket, mm-hmm. any ticket you buy to any show in that genre, and you know I might just pop up on stage. <laughs> you know someone like, hey, you want to go to Taking Back Sunday? Yeah. Maybe, but what if Charlotte Sands comes mm-hmm. up on stage? Exactly. You know? so, you know? It's a little added reason to go. Um, yeah, and that's my goal. I'm just going to be on everything all the time until everyone is so sick of me. <laughs> uh, did you ever go the competition? Did you ever consider doing American Idol or The Voice or anything like that? America's Got Talent? Oh, yeah. Um, I When I was 18 years old, the year I moved to Nashville, I drove to Atlanta and did like one of the open calls for The Voice. And then um, they automatically said no. <laughs> which is great. Honestly, Wait, why, why did they say no? What was the justification for it? I think I did a cover of Toxic by Britney Spears and I genuinely, it was That's not, not a belty song. If you can't no, I was it. like, baby, can't you see? <laughs> it was so quiet. It was like so dumb. But um, I remember doing it and being like, mm, probably wouldn't have said yes either. And I, um, I went home and this is so funny. The story is so dumb, but I remember going home and I did like a writer's round like a month later at like a local restaurant or bar in Nashville and a guy came up to me afterwards and was like hey I'm a producer for The Voice um and I would love to have you audition and I realized that it was like the same guy who had just said no to me um which is so funny but then I was like in my head I was like how funny would it be if he said yes to me this time so I did this did he realize he put it together or were you like dressed differently enough that he didn't recognize you I I guess they see a bunch of people yeah and so he had no idea and so I went to this private audition in Nashville and then this guy was the judge at that one and then said no to me again (laughs) after after inviting you to the yeah yeah what um, and I will never forget it because the funniest thing is I sing like my, my big thing is I'm really bad at lyrics. Like I have a I really have a bad memory when it comes to lyrics. Um, and so I get really stressed out about it. And he I remember I forgot the lyrics, so I just started making up lyrics, but like they for somehow they fit I the cadence up, of the song. Yeah, I like ended up writing it kind of so it like still rhymed and it still almost was like like I got away with it. Nobody even realized that I like messed up 
verses of this song, um, which is so funny. But it was, I will just never remember. Like, it was just, uh, it was such a funny situation to be like. Is there, oh, is there, there there's no video no. footage of this out there, is there? If there is, I will put my head in a hole and never come out because I would be so embarrassed. You know what? I wouldn't. I would be like, good for her at that time. I yeah. I was doing my best. I think it's a flex. I think failed audition competition show clips are and then you and then you become successful afterward. I think it's a yeah. flex. If that comes out in like two years when I'm like headlining an arena tour that's sold out and then we put that on the screen as like the intro, done. I can do that. Right now, I feel like people would still be like, I don't see the difference. You sound the same. Which like, one of your currents of the songs that you've released do you think would do the best on a competition show? Like if someone else was singing it. Oof, that's hard. I think that like maybe like Roller Coaster is really hard to like there's a lot of notes that like live it's probably like one of the most challenging songs to sing but I, it's like my favorite song to sing live because it's like wild um but i would say that but i would also say all right because i feel like all right yeah that's like, kind of what i was thinking it does have yeah. and it has like soft parts it builds and i could even yeah, picture really you know, when they do those you do the performances where there's like set pieces and they start out and there's like one spotlight and they stand yeah. up the song goes and the lights you know like you could see like the you whole just need to direct my music video for yeah me. well i i do yeah i actually yeah music video i have a music video just came out friday so yeah yeah i, yeah, I do kind amazing. of think about I do kind of think about those kind of things, like how they would yeah. be filmed and stuff. I'm the same way. When I when I write a song, I like all I imagine is like the live show, and so I'm, I write it for the live show and how I want the live show to look uh, while I'm performing it. And so like it is so funny that because I'm the same way. Like I like when I'm writing the verses, I'm like, okay, and then this is when like the lights start like doing this. So we need the drums to come in and do like it's like it all is like a theatrical thing to me. And then it's right. like the bridge comes in and I like start getting raised on like a pedestal. Yeah. How did you, could you have done like the Rihanna halftime show where she was up in the air on that platform by the, by the rafters? Could so, you, I don't know. I think I would just because like I said, I'm so stubborn that if any one person looked at me and they were like, you wouldn't do that. I would be like, mm -hmm. yes, I Watch would. Me. Watch me. Um, Cause yeah. that's just to the point where my management when like, even if I'm doing them, um, if there's like a random show or thing that I'm like, I don't think they'll be able to do that. They'll be like, yeah, you're right. And then I'm like, actually, <laughs> I think I can. Um, yeah. But I, I don't have a problem with, I have this weird thing where heights don't scare me in the sense of like, when I look down, I could be on like a really tall building and look down and that doesn't scare me at all. It's the second, ooh, thinking about it. Um, it's the second that I look at something that's higher than me while I'm on something high. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's when I get really freaked out. So like being raised in the air and then like looking up and seeing the stadium would probably be the thing that did it for me. But looking down wouldn't make me nervous. Really? Yeah. See, I think looking down would be the worst part. I don't know. I don't know the waves. Know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what are you doing in terms of uh, recording right now? Are you, I'm, uh, is there an, a, a longer EP? I know that you had yeah. kind of, you would kind of, downplay the idea of recording a full-length album in the past yeah. how do you feel about that now um honestly i feel like my entire career has been kind of like proactive reactionary like it's like i everything i do is kind of based off of how i feel at the time and what's going on in the moment so it's instead of me just being like oh i'm going to spend the whole year around this album and i'm going to promote the album and then i'm going to release the album and then tour the album i I feel like it's 
more fun for me to be able to make decisions based off of like my current state of mind and my current plans. And so I like to release singles as of right now, just because I'm able to write a song and really love it and then be like, oh, I want to play this live. So like, let's release this. And then I can do that and like consistently make new um, videos for different songs and like new artwork. And it's not just like this one bundled thing that feels like it's like one child you're sending off to college instead of like 12. Um, Yeah. And I I know people have complained about that. You know, if you put out a 12 track album that the ninth track just doesn't get enough play so deep into the album. And honestly, I've always, it's not that I don't think that like, I I really am so grateful for the people who do listen to my music and like the audience that I do have. But I, I also think that there is a certain level uh, you have to be at to be able to keep people's attention for an album for 30, 45 minutes. That's a lot of time that like a person is going to take during their day to listen to your music. Like when I, when a new Taylor Swift album comes out, like I plan a drive specifically for the length of the album because I respect her and I am like, I want to experience it as she wrote it. And I want people to feel that way. And I want people to be like, Oh, like, Oh yeah. I'd listen to the full album instead of just being like, I'll listen to like two songs, you know? And I, I I do like the experience though of a full album that you, Mm -hmm are into for only a couple songs and then maybe a month, month, two, three months later, you like let it keep playing. You're like, Oh, this seventh song is good. They mm-hmm. kind of like discover little gems, but I guess that's not really what you want as an artist for your gems to be discovered seven months after <laughs> the album comes out. <laughs> so I, I understand the, yeah. I understand the thought process. Yeah. And I, I genuinely just enjoy it. Like I love the process of releasing music and be able to make like last minute decisions and different creative decisions. And I get to like, I get to have fun visually so many different times instead of just like grouping it all into one idea. Um, And I think that's really exciting for me. So I think I haven't fully decided if I'm going to release like a larger project or not this year. I think I genuinely will decide that probably right before. (laughs) I need you to decide it now, please. Yeah, Uh, I'll I'll just make up a date. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I, I I wouldn't, you know, this couldn't be, I have to ask you at least a little bit about dress, which is still your your biggest song to this point. Um, for, cause you were talking about videos. That's what made me think about it because I like that you kind of kept the, uh, the other lead in the music video court of silhouetted, you know, for a lot of it. Um, what was the, you probably saw the story a million times. If you could add a new twist, um, or if you want to do part of it in German or something, that's great. Um, But what, what, what was behind writing dress? What, um, what was the, you know, the thing that pushed you forward? Cause I'm sure there was an idea kind of floating around, but like what made you actually do it? So it's, it's so funny because, um, the main story is like the Harry Styles Vogue cover, which had just come out and people were like up in arms about Harry Styles wearing a dress, which is hilarious to me. Um, but I remember like having that conversation or talking about that. And then at the same exact time, I had just like was going through a breakup and um, I was talking to Dane and Reed and we were in the studio with an incredible producer and writer, Ruslan. And we were talking about how my type has changed so much over the years since I was 18 years old and the different guys I had dated and how my view and like my idea of like masculinity in a relationship had changed so much and confidence and how I, I used to see confidence as somebody who was like this outwardly like masculine, like, let me prove to you that I can protect you and take care of you. And it was, and I was like, Oh yay. That's like what 
masculinity and confidences. And then I realized like over my next relationships that I was like, wait, I'm actually more attracted to people who are just confident in like being themselves and like dressing however they feel comfortable and like, like their authentic, their authentic life and whatever supports that. And that was attractive to me. And I like really just like my entire idea of confidence changed and like what it should, what it looks like changed so much. And I think that we had just had this idea of like, we should just write a song about this type of guy that I think I'm now attracted to and the type of person that I'm now attracted to, um, which is somebody who just is unapologetically themselves. And even when people are judging them or, or are criticizing them or whatever, they just are refused to care about it. And they just, let it roll over them and they are just themselves. And I think that's the most attractive quality anybody can have. Um, and so we literally started writing the song and um, it was so funny because I think the main, the main thing behind it was that I really didn't want it to feel like it was just like, a, this is my view on this thing. And you guys should listen to me. Like I wanted it to feel like I, I want people to listen to this song and be like, Oh, this is a cool song. What is this about? And like, not 100% understand the concept until the chorus when they're already like in it and then be like, oh, huh. You know, and not just be like this, like really shoving it in people's faces because I was nervous that that would make people just not even give it a like a second and give it any of their attention. And I think this way, when we tried to just make it a fun song that just felt good and just feels like a fun dance song that anybody can listen to and anybody can relate to in some way, that it like kind of opens the door for more people to just kind of try and understand and try and relate and um, realize that it's not that crazy of a concept. And yeah, so I think we did that. And that's what makes me so excited is that anybody can listen to this song and it doesn't feel like this super opinionated like thing. It just feels like this feel good everybody love everybody like let's have fun and celebrate yeah it, it wouldn't have all the streams it has if it wasn't catchy and fun to dance to if it was yeah. just a message song right you know um but yeah mm -hmm. and it's like we we've forgotten how soon we forget the spandex and makeup that bands wore in the 80s and you know it's i know and it's so it's so crazy it's like there's so many incredible artists like queen and um David Bowie and all these people who like pushed these gender norms so much so long ago and people are still just yeah we're surprised by it it's yeah yeah so yeah. funny to me but um I'm just really grateful that people took this song though and like really like took it as their own and the videos that people made to the song it's like the most beautiful thing in the whole world and the fact that it was even able to make people feel comfortable in that way or feel represented in that way is like the biggest gift like I could ever receive. And yeah, so I'm, that's the coolest thing in the whole world to me. I'm so grateful for that song. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Charlotte, I will let you go. Thank you so much for joining yeah. me on the show. The new yeah. single All Right is out now and uh, on tour, lots of shows coming up and uh, yeah, excited for, for what's, what's down the road for you. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. This has been so fun. Absolutely. All right. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. That was Charlotte Sands. Her new single, All Right, is out now. That'll be it for me. Dimmy will be back next show. As always, go to popdust.com for the latest in pop culture and music news and to stream past episodes of It's Real with Jordan Dimmy. You can follow me on Instagram at Jordan Edwards Studio. You can follow Dimmy on Instagram at Dimmy underscore Ramos. Until next time, we'll see you later.